0: and explain how to apply God's word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. We were returning to Green Turtle Key. We had to travel to Marsh Harbor Airport for our flight to Nassau. When we had arrived the week before in Marsh Harbor, we had engaged a taxi to drive us to the ferry dock for Green Turtle. It's about a 40-minute drive along the Habakkuk Highway. Since we had chosen a ferry that was scheduled in between the two more popular times, it wasn't clear if there would be taxis available when we arrived at the ferry dock on the mainland. So we called the taxi driver that had brought us there a week before. He had also given us his card and asked us to call him if we needed him to come for us when we wanted to return. I guess he wanted the business, but that's just what we did. When the ferry pulled into the dockside, I spotted him there on the roadside waiting for us. We offloaded our luggage, including the crawfish, conchs, and a few loaves of locally baked bread that we always take home whenever we visit Green Turtle. Then we started the 40-minute ride back to Marsh Harbor Airport for a return journey home. The new airport terminal in Marsh Harbor is quite new, and it's certainly a much happier experience traveling to and from Abaco since they finally opened this airport. And the personnel at the airport, by and large, seem to be much happier and certainly friendlier than I remember from past visits. I guess they must like their new facility also. So climbing aboard Mr. Williams' taxi, we set off for Marsh Arbor Airport. Just after we turned onto the main road, Mr. Williams asked if we minded if he played a tape. My wife and I said we didn't object, so he started what must be a gospel music tape. It wasn't really my taste in music, but it wasn't offensive. I suppose he ought to have told us the type of music he intended to play for the 40 minutes that we were on the road with him. I would imagine some tourists that engage his services may not be comfortable with the music he played. But then again, perhaps this was his way of witnessing and starting a conversation with his passengers. So I relaxed and settled in for the drive to the airport.
1: It came upon the midnight clear, the glorious song. Angels bending near the earth with news of joy foretold, peace on earth, good will to men from heaven's all gracious key. The world. Still through the cloven skies they come, with peaceful wings unfurled, and still their heavenly music floats. Or all. They bend on humbly, and ever o'er its babble sounds the blessed angels sing. Song, which now the angels see.
0: The first song on Mr. Williams' tape was one that spoke to God's dependency and how we can always depend on him to do what he said he would do. The repeated message of this song was, He will deliver. This phrase was always followed after a brief pause by a couple of female backup singers with the words, On time. He will deliver on time. Whatever you need, whatever he has promised to do, he will deliver and on time. The subtle added theme I discovered was that sometimes we think God has forgotten what he said he would do, primarily because as humans we expect him to respond immediately in the way that we expect him to. But whatever it is, God will always deliver at the time when we need his answer most. When everything around looks hopeless and oppressive, always remember that God will deliver and deliver on time. As you can tell, I enjoyed the entertainment that Mr. Williams provided for our return trip to Nassau. Tremendously.
2: Oh, holy light, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Sin and the error pining Till he appeared and the soul felt his word A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder breaks A new and glorious the slave is a brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise.
0: With his message for today, Your Senior
3: Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee. Greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in today. The Holy Spirit led the Apostle Dr. Luke to make a remarkable statement when he wrote about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, a birth we will be celebrating in just a few weeks. My prayer for you today, as we prepare to do so, is that the Christ we celebrate this season will find a place to live in your heart and life, even as he found a place to be born in a humble manger on that first Christmas so long ago. My prayer is that the meaning of this awesome event will be a never-ending one for you as he is formed in you through faith in his person, in his death, and his glorious resurrection on your behalf. Here is the statement that is so remarkable and, yes, amazing. Luke 2.33, quote, And Joseph and his mother were amazed at those things which were said about him. Listen carefully again. And Joseph and his mother were amazed at those things which were said about him. End of quote. Now, this is the child we will be celebrating this season. The child whose life and history was pre-written throughout both the Old and New Testament. The Holy Spirit says he is an amazing child. So many astonishing and astounding things were said about Jesus Christ at his birth that Dr. Luke, moved along by the Holy Spirit, says Joseph and his mother were amazed at those things which were said about him. He brought amazement even to his earthly parents because of what was told, what was revealed by the angels concerning him. I want us to be amazed at and by Jesus Christ also this Christmas. But now precisely what was said about Jesus Christ at his birth that is so astonishing and so wonderful that has left his parents with such amazement and awe and wonder concerning him. The answer begins to unfold for us in the announcement of the angel to Mary in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. we read this, and I quote, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. End of quote. It was this amazing announcement, coupled with the announcement to Joseph by the angels as as well, and with some other things that are said of Christ in chapter 2, verses 34 and 38, that amazed the parents. Now, in the next two messages, I want us to reflect on six of these statements as we prepare to celebrate him on this special day we call Christmas. Today, we look at the first one, and that's in verse 32, where the angel says, he Shall be great. Jesus was to be great. He was born great. Now, this is a general overall description of his person and status. He shall be great. Now, the word great here can mean extraordinary, wonderful, splendid, magnificent, noble, distinguished, illustrious, eminent, powerful. Jesus was and is all of these. He was born that way. He was born great. It is intended to set one apart from all the rest. This term, great. Now we will say more about this when we consider this next part of this description in this passage. But this first phrase tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ, whose birth we will celebrate on December the 25th, is surpassing all others. He is eminent. He is, in fact, preeminent. He is splendid. He is illustrious and even more prominent, all these words imply. He is greater than all that we can ever say. But now, what was it that made him great? And what astounded and amazed his parents. The next part of the verse tells us, it says, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. That is simply to say, Jesus is God. That's why he's great. And this is the awesome truth I want you to think about and ponder in your mind as we look at this passage. Jesus, the little baby born in a lowly manger, is God. He is God, the great God. Mystery of mysteries, then. We will be celebrating the birth of God on December the 25th. Notice, Luke refers to God the Father as the Most High, or if you like, The highest God, the God who is, in the words of the song, the highest of the highest. This term then speaks of the sovereignty of God. Calling God the Most High underscores his unique, majestic sovereignty. It is a statement of God's all surpassing supremacy. It is to say that there's no one higher than he is, he is unique, holy, set apart from everyone else. There is no God greater than Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In fact, he is the only true and living God, and beside him, there is none other. The title in the Old Testament is El Elyon in the Hebrew. It is used initially in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18, and became a very common Old Testament title for God. And wherever it is used, it gives us the idea of God's sovereign, all-surpassing power, his ultimate supremacy. For instance, in Psalm 47, two, we read, The Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. And four times in Daniel's prophecy, twice in Daniel 4 and twice in Daniel 5, it says, The Most High rules in the earth. And gives the kingdom of man to whomsoever he will. End of quote. All of these verses and many others tell us that Jesus, because he is the son of the most high, is also sovereign over all. He became a man while remaining to be God. Wow, my friends, this is something to celebrate, isn't it? But not only is God most high, sovereign over all people and nations, in Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 14, there's a description of God controlling the water and the clouds and the skies and the lightning and the thunder and the seas and the rain. And the text says, quote, the Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. So then the Most High is seen in his sovereignty over nature, creation, and all over the universe. He is sovereign over nations, He is sovereign over nature. The title, God Most High, then sums up all of the elements of the sovereignty of God. He is sovereign in every dimension possible, sovereign over nations, over nature, over the unrighteous, over the righteous, sovereign over the people he has redeemed and sovereign over all that is evil and all that is good. That is God the Most High. There is none as high or greater than he is. He is God above any other gods. He is God the supreme, the God of the Bible, the Christian's God. He is God most high, El Elyon, God almighty, the highest of all gods. But now you ask, why is this important to us as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ? Well, let's go to the word of this most high God again. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 1 verse 32. The angels still speaking to Mary, says, The Son you bear will be called the Son of the Most High. Notice, the Son of the Most High. Now, what is this title intended to indicate? Nothing less, my friends, than the obvious. It is intended to say that Jesus is God. Is to say that Jesus is the Son of the God Most High. It is to say that he bears the character, the nature and essence of the highest, God. The same essence and the same nature as God Almighty, God Most High. As Hebrew 1 says, he is the express. That's this little baby in a manger. He is the express or the exact rep- reproduction of God's image. He is God, a very God. But you may ask, how is it that God could be born in a human womb? Ah, my friends, this is the mystery and the awesomeness and amazement of Christmas. Hear the word of the Most High again. Matthew 118. The text says, She was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, That which is conceived on her is by the Holy Spirit. And verse 23 says, the virgin shall be with child. She shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being translated is God with us. The child is God, and the child was conceived without a human father. God Almighty planted a seed in Mary to create the man Jesus. As someone else has said, and I quote, He used, that's the mighty God, the God Most High, He used the womb of the Virgin Mary as a dressing room in which to clothe His divine Son with the garments of human nature. End of quote. Now you may ask, why is that important? Well, look back at our text in Luke chapter 1, verse 32 once again. This is the message to Mary from the angel. Listen carefully. The Son you bear will be called the Son of the Most High. Notice, the Son of the Most High. In verse 35, at the end of the verse, this Son of the Most High is also called the Son of God. He is also called Emmanuel. And friends, this is what Christmas is all about. If it is a Christmas at all, Jesus is the Son of the Most High God and he became incarnate on the day we celebrate as Christmas. That's what these titles designate then. Jesus is God. They underscore the fact that I say again, Jesus is God, meaning that he has the same nature and essence as Elyon, the Most High God, God the Most High. To say then that Jesus is the Son of the Highest is to say that he bears the character, the nature, and the essence of the one true God, the Highest of the High. He is of the same essence as Elion, God Most High. That's the baby Jesus we will celebrate. Son here, the term, does not imply now that God is a great God who begot a sub-God as some claim. No, no. This not in any way implies that Jesus is a sub-God. Rather, it is to say that Jesus bears the same life, the same essence, and the same nature as God Most High. The Most High God, as Hebrews one says, Jesus is the express manifestation of God. In Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Hebrews one verse one and two says, God speaks to us through His Son, who is the exact replica of Himself. He is the son of God. He bears his father's life for nature. That's why he could say later on in his life, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. This is what the inspired author means when he says that Jesus is the son of the most high. And it is the birth of this amazing child, my friend, that Christmas is supposed to celebrate. So, the first amazing message that came to the parents of Jesus was that this child would be God, the Lord God himself. The writers of our Christmas carols have understood this through the centuries. Every year we come around to this season, we sing these songs, and sometimes we do so without thinking. We don't seem to listen to what we are singing If we did, we would be celebrating, I believe, Christmas quite differently. So let me remind you of the emphasis of the Christmas carols by some of our writers. Listen to these familiar lines. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. My friend, that Lord is Yahweh. That's God Almighty. Yea, Lord, Yahweh, we greet thee. Born this happy morning. That's an awesome statement, my friend. Born this happy morning, the great God. The Almighty God is born a helpless child in a common manger. That's why another character says, come adore him on bended knee. Friends, that's what our Christmas celebration should be. Worship of the God Almighty who chose to become a man. What an awesome mystery is this. That's the only way we can truly celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High God. You still have time to plan to do this, my friend. I trust that you will. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Selah, think and act on these things.
0: Address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as Echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout. Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon.
4: they forever forevermore to stay. The great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening, every moment, listening moment, every moment for the mighty trumpet's sound. Trumpet what a time we'll have, we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground, shall leave the ground. and our toiling will. happening.